0: Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmedLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome homeschool mama. Hey you, have you ever wondered how veteran homeschool moms have made it through a decade or two decades or even three decades of homeschooling their kids? Today, I'm going to share with you A snippet from a time when I was homeschooling our four kids at about the ages of six to 13, 12 or 13. You get to be a fly on the wall in a day of our life and see how we decided to show up in our homeschool at that time of our lives. So grab yourself a hot drink. Might I suggest a pumpkin spice latte? light a pumpkin spice candle wrap yourself in a cozy burnt orange colored blanket and find a quiet place to listen ha still no quiet just don't lock yourself in the bathroom you know someone's gonna come knock quiet space can be hard to find my suggestion invite the kids to fold laundry mow the lawn or scrub the toilet with you what no takers then plug in those earbuds, take your cozy blanket to the bathroom, and let's pretend you and I are sitting in a cafe instead. What would you like? I'll have a single shot skim cappuccino with a Belgian chocolate chip oatmeal cookie. Yeah, that is actually what I would order in my favorite local cafe. By the way, for the price of a real coffee, you can contribute to this podcast at the Buy Me a Coffee link found on my podcast post or the Instagram link in my bio. So today, one of the things I'm going to chat about is how to live with your kids for 18 years. But first, you are cordially invited to the monthly Homeschool Mama book club. Our first book club, we are going to delve deep into Brené Brown's works and discover and learn more about how the things she's written influence our homeschool worlds. So what's been happening in your homeschool? This is what's been happening in mine. I'm so busy online doing all sorts of different things, as you probably see on Instagram, Facebook, this podcast, and in coaching in real time. And I am loving every minute encouraging homeschool mamas to become who they were meant to be, and show up in their homeschools on purpose that I'm kind of thinking, dang, I gotta find a space to actually homeschool this year. You can laugh, as you should, but I legitimately am not quite sure where I'm going to put formal type learning into my day. I'll let you know next time when I plan to do that. But my goal this year, because I only have one homeschool kiddo at home, A homeschool kiddo, that I might add, is a proficient reader, loves learning about everything. Will listen to his dad's discussions that come from The Economist. He'll listen to his own radio shows about current affairs independent of us. He'll build things that we definitely don't know how to build. And he will just do all manners of very academic things on his own. So is he learning? He's always learning. But there's some things that I actually want to do with him. And frankly, now that my oldest daughter is leaving home, I'm even more aware that I actually want to do things intentionally with my kids. Though I be a rather self-directed learning homeschool parent, I definitely want to create memories with him. I don't anticipate formally starting homeschooling until at least after I bring my second daughter to college across the country next week. Next week. I am trying very hard not to get overwhelmed by the thought of her leaving home, to get overwhelmed with the emotion of... This is what I've prepared her for, but I really don't want her to leave. I really enjoy her cooking, but I enjoy her presence even more. She's such a friend and a lovely person to be around. She's interesting, she's empathic, she's engaging. Why is this life season happening? Oh yeah, because it's supposed to happen. I go back and forth between I'm so excited for her and I can't wait to see all the things that she does and all the things that she learns and the experiences that she gets and also (sighs) acknowledging that this is a really tricky time to birth a child into the world, to launch, to become her own person and do her own thing. From one homeschool mom to another, I want to encourage you to take care of yourself. Have you checked out my 12-day self-care challenge? It'll help you kickstart planning for you in your homeschool. You can find it on my Instagram page at Homeschool Mama self or at the Facebook group Homeschool Mama Support Group. Hey, and I wanted to share a practical thing for you to use in your homeschool days just for you one of the things i intend to purchase when i head over to the other side of the country and go to a major urban center while i drop off my daughter to college is another pair of yoga pants this is the season where not only do i buy markers and crayons and journals and all those fun school supplies that um, i actually will use or my child will actually use but i also always make sure to buy myself a new pair of yoga pants, something that's just comfy and cozy. And then I could, if I had to, go to bed, fall asleep, wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, but get going. Do my study routine with my kids. Maybe even chat with you on Zoom with a lovely blouse and yoga pants, and head outside to open up the chickens, say good morning to the goats, come back inside, make breakfast, eat lunch, do all the things that we do in our day, and then, of course, in the afternoon, head to town to do extracurriculars. Yoga pants, joggers, anything in that realm, really handy for the homeschool mom. But once a year, I renew my yoga pant collection. One in, and one out. I'm prepping for the Fall Homeschool Mama Retreat, and if you are available to join me and you're looking for a little reflection about how you're showing up in your homeschool, a little reimagining about how you can include more you in your homeschool, If you're looking to include new tools or strategies to help you deal with all those uncomfortable feelings that your homeschool experience definitely will provide you with then you'll want to join us at the fall homeschool mama retreat virtually of course you'll need to light a fall candle grab a cozy blanket and a cup of hot tea which of course i'll provide along with a free copy of my book homeschool mama self-care nurturing the nurturer You'll get a gold-embossed bookmark, a journal, of course, and a variety of self-care gifts that I genuinely enjoy. Together, we'll dig deep to rejuvenate you and also your homeschool. So have you got your cozy blanket? Are you locked into the bathroom? Because we are going to get chatting all about how to live with your homeschooled kids for 18 years. So let's go. How to spend 18 years with your kids. I don't mean the years where half the day is spent finding everything for their backpack, dropping them and their permission forms off at school for eight thirty, then seeing them again at three. I mean 18 years, eight to three included. I mean bad dreams at midnight turning into five-hour cuddle sessions where three people are in a queen bed, which means that the six-year-old gets the blankets and you and your husband spoon to maintain body temperature. Mornings require no alarm clocks. The clump, clump, clump down the stairs guarantees a seven o'clock wake. The bedroom door creaks open and an expectant ten-year-old and her little brother hold a tray of breakfast with an overflowing mug coffee mugs splashing beside the plate of cold toast and a lump of overly sweet jam that was bought for them. Their smiles beam, your body aches from scanning the Howes app past midnight and, oh yeah, and eating the new bag of mini chocolate bars you purchased for Halloween two weeks ago, probably two weeks too early. But you want to set the morning right, so you started with Hugs. Come for kisses and thank you for my coffee. You kiss your son's forehead and push back the front patch where he cut a chunk while you were explaining mixed fractions to his older sister. Make sure to get their hearts before you get them to start their day. Have you done your top five? You ask like a drill sergeant. They all know this means their rooms need to be tidied, their hair and teeth brushed, and breakfast eaten before Duolingo or Minecraft. They have to be dressed too in real clothes not combinations of pajamas or pants from yesterday that were somehow tucked under their covers before bedtime kisses oh yes Mummy, i've done it i've put my pajamas on but zachary didn't really put on real new clothes he just took what he found from the playroom floor and he wore that before Mummy. there is always that one child ratting out the other not so much hoping to get someone else into trouble, but rather to get a smile from mom that says, thanks for always doing what you're supposed to do. Of course, Zachary has his ammunition too. Rachel didn't really brush her teeth. She just used her finger. These mini wars can be overwhelming with their regularity as a homeschool mom. But with all that parental guidance and relational practice, you will often hear from people outside your family saying your kids consider one another they help each other they look out for each other do they ever even fight and you think to yourself if only they were a fly on the wall okay okay you gather them ratting out another doesn't do anything for anybody do you want to play a round of rummy while the bread is toasting The dishes are overflowing at the kitchen countertop. A dishwasher would be useful for a family of six, but a few more months are required till the new house is finished. You play a round of rummy till Zachary realizes that this game will be cut short if the runs aren't in the same suit. So how about gin rummy, he asks, all in the same suit. So you switch games until an older sister comes downstairs to ask what the plan for the day is. Hmm... Breakfast isn't over, and you need to have a little quiet, too. So you head into your room with a cup of coffee, read an inspiring word or two. Early on, the kids won't believe that a closed door means you're unavailable. So when they peek their little noses into the doorway, you can ask in your most surprised tone, Is the house on fire? They'll back out of the room. Apparently the house isn't on fire. Continue sitting in quiet for 10 minutes in your house clothes. It's not just the homeschooled kids that have a hard time getting out of pajamas. Homeschooled moms have five sets too. Some of them appear to be yoga pants with loose t shirts, so when a neighbor shows up unexpectedly, no one will wonder why you're still not dressed for the day. You may have changed yesterday morning, but you're dressed. Everyone sits in the great room with a cup of breakfast tea at nine o'clock sharp. All four kiddos pile onto the blue tufted sofa, different heights, different sizes occupying their space, and maybe even different grades. But officially, grades don't mean anything in my homeschool. Where the youngest can outplay any of his older sisters in chess, where the eldest outstrips her mother in historical accuracies, where the third daughter can out-answer any of her siblings in mental math. Grades seem a nominal notion. Let's shop for a gymnastics outfit before you go to class today, Rachel, I say to my third daughter. Pointing to the 12-year-old, I say, you'll be dropped off at dance at 5. She nods yes. I remind everyone, anatomy will be finished by 2.30, so you can get ready for town. Where we're going to do extracurriculars and errands everyone bring your history books to read for the drive hannah the oldest daughter will get to voice class by four then the other girls will meet penny their friend for a play date at the park any questions there will be a writing prompt for their journals after the morning time together and a prayer to start the day then everyone leaves to their own spaces gather their minds second and then direct them to their activities. The youngest two sit beside me near the fireplace. "'How do you spell boat?' the six-year-old asks. B-O-A-T. Two vowels in the middle. The first one does the talking. He goes back to writing between the lines and answering what words he hears on the beach, though the beach is ten minutes away, and no one has waded through the water since it cooled a month ago. When he's finished imagining, he's proud to show his good work. Then the 10-year-old bursts, I can't do this. For the third time this week, you'll tell her, just watch as you add and subtract mixed fractions. But she doesn't want to watch. She wants to not do it at all. When you feel like telling her you don't want to do it today either, you have her pass the book back to you, Both of you take a deep, long, slow breath and show her again with a picture this time. This is a pie. It's cut in four. There are two slices. This is another pie. It's cut in two. One slice remains. If you want to subtract one pie from the other, you have to compare them with equal pieces. Are there equal pieces? You end up going through this twice, maybe three times, and then leave it. You're thankful that you figured out fractions four years ago when you were learning alongside your oldest. This seems easy now. Finally, she'll brighten and she'll tell you, let me try it. And the 10-year-old figures it out for today. Every study day won't be this smooth. There will be fights for seats in the minivan. I was going to sit there. Someone sits on someone else's feet. No, I was going to sit there. There will be fights of all varieties. And if there are just enough fights, with just enough characters playing their contentious parts, you'll throw down the gauntlet of vocal projection and yell, STOP IT! JUST SIT DOWN! In more shining moments, you'll respond, not react. You'll walk outside to ease your irritated nerves and devise a plan. Gather your intentions towards the speed bump and expect to enact your response with cool delivery and appropriate response eventually. Nothing is so important that you must keep going without lunch. So gather the kids for a full stop at lunch o'clock an hour to eat, to chat, to wash dishes together, or practice piano, while you make a second coffee. Your room is off limits for a 15-minute break. You pull out the tray of hidden Oreos from underneath your corner chair and sit with your Pinterest iPad and tap, 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 adding different pins to different boards that you may or may not use in your future. Confuse your day with things intended wholly for you. Apart from your family's characters, you've created your own on the written page too, if you're like me, writing fictional narratives. The ones I write are mostly in Italy, where my character maybe was starting an agriturismo and learning why she's in the world. Sometimes it's with a character named Robin as she hopes to fly to freedom, away from her parents' confusing world, and to her seeming savior, Adam. For me, fictional narratives help me. Sometimes you're with your online friends, encouraging them to homeschool with courage, to push past the cultural expectations, to be free of convention, so their families can learn to learn and live unfettered while learning to love each other. Whatever it is that you do, do something in your day that is intended wholly for you. After your coffee siesta, and after the kids burn energy running with the neighbor dogs, or make their fantasy worlds in the apple orchard, you gather to watch a rap video on cellular mitosis, and you memorize the bones of the hand. Or you read the landmark history book about civil war and teach how to note-take on the reading. You answer their questions and discuss why the war wouldn't have been called the Civil War at that time. Engage their minds, stimulate their thoughts, and build those neural connections, growing them into a more rounded human being. You get to extend your education, too. After an hour and everyone begins to fidget, that's your sign. Why keep reading or discussing when no one's brain is in the room? More is not better so stop left to their own devices they might play a strategy game visit a friend play loud music in their rooms while decorating their walls with handmade posters this quiet time is thinking time considering time solitude how do they think about the world what kind of friends do they want to hang out with who are they Give them separate space, and they become quieter in spirit and happier to be with one another. Give them time to prepare for their trip to town, to their extracurriculars. Not enough time means scrambling and dissension. Remind them to grab their history books while they read as we drive to town, or they can go into their imaginary historical worlds while you plug in your earbuds and tap on a podcast. Maybe encouragements from empowering parents through Brendan Burchard's Charge Life, learning cooking skills from the Splendid Table, or technology education and design from TED Talks? Assume that your kids aren't the only learning animals in the family. You're still learning, too, and you might be getting the best education of them all. You're not just dropping the kids off to their playdates and extracurricular activities. This is your chance to connect too. Meet with someone new. Chat with someone you've only known for a while. Connect with other homeschool moms or moms that have nothing to do with homeschooling. And practice really listening to people. There are stories in every person you meet. New things to be learned in the most unexpected connections. New people are new places to visit minus the expense of plane flight. Include people on your journey. When you get home, teach them to cook. If you dare, leave them in the kitchen and walk away. Stay, and you'll be telling them, no, not that way. Or, that's too much baking powder. Or, can you do that without so much mess? You, mom, are no help helping in the kitchen. Give brief instructions, a list of ingredients, and let them go. Surely you have laundry to do anyway. Or find a cup of tea and just back away from the kitchen. Teach them to cook, and you've taught them a lifetime skill, enabled their curiosity neurons, and opened up your schedule until you have to clean up after dinner. Because beware, there will be a few more dishes. And stuff found on counter cabinets that were not there earlier You'll marvel at projectile splashes. So, teach the kids to also help wash the dishes. You want to teach your kids how to cooperate anyway. And, uh, girlfriend, you're going to find a way to do that if you get them all in the kitchen, assign a task, and tell them to let's clean up. Yeah, it's more time to teach them to cooperate, definitely more effort. But when they learn to work together, you'll have a higher baseline harmony in your home. Expect that opportunities to learn harmony will present themselves every single day. Sigh. When someone doesn't want to learn to respect other people's boundaries, consequences that are short and sweet will get their attention eventually. Don't lecture. Preferably don't get upset. They'll resent you if you do. And they won't learn what they need to learn and it'll just tap you of your happy energy anyway, so be short and sweet. Mistakes can be looked past, but stubborn resistance to helpful rules equates to consequences that will change their approach soon enough if you enact them every single time. I say after dinner, limit their screen time. Too much will make them edgy, and ironically, also more likely to complain of being bored. Use it like a seasoning. But when you need a full break, turn on that TV, give them unfettered access to Curiosity Stream or Knowledge Network and reasonable access to other stuff. Learning continues after the school hours. Family games like Stratego, Chess, Settlers of Catan, or just Star Watching, Walks in the Dark, Marshmallow Roasts, but always, always a chapter of a book before bedtime. Attend to your children's hearts and you'll be paid back in happy memories. Occasionally plan for a quiet date night away outside the home, a restaurant that maybe offers a nice wine list, somewhere that doesn't typically offer french fries for little kids, might be the ideal place, or even head to Costco and sample the free sampling menu alone. Time away is valuable No, actually, it's required. You'll often feel like you're just not getting enough of it. So when you get it, leave the kids in safe hands and pretend you're not a parent for a few hours. But when you're with the littles, always be with the littles. Bedtime kisses and a bedtime prayer are required, even for you. You've earned those hugs and kisses, those requests for childhood stories, those, those teary discussions on not being chosen at an audition or frustrations with a friend. The teenager will choose the bedtime for a chat. Find a bedtime song and sing it with all the range of your vocal cords, fearless, for those little ones will grow up thinking you have the most beautiful voice in the world. They're tucked in their covers, the last of the reading lights are off and you tiptoe downstairs to sit plunk on a chair in the corner you gladly accept the husband's offering of a gin and tonic or a glass of malbec or just a nice cup of tea and ponder over the uncertainties share your irritations and encourage each other to see what perfection already resides in your perfectly imperfect home. And you're grateful for the life story that you're writing, spending a full 18 or more years with your homeschooled kids. I would love to learn more about who you are, so introduce yourself at the Homeschool Mama self-care Instagram page or the Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama support group so we can support and encourage each other in our homeschool challenges. While you're there, you can check out my book of homeschool encouragement, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. If you're a homeschool mama looking for a mentoring group to gain clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool, to create a plan to nurture the nurturer, and be intentional in how you show up in your homeschool, ask me about the Homeschool Mama Retreat or the Capturing the Charmed Homeschool mentoring group. All the show notes and links to this episode will be found at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Until next time, I hope you and your kids have a charmed week, or if you're having one of those weeks, I hope you can reframe your challenges into your homeschool charms.